Welcome to this episode of Circle of Trades. I'm Todd Studer. In studio today, we have Travis Waldstein with Air Surf Heating and Air Conditioning in Council Bluffs. Uh, made it to fall. Is uh, everything switched over from air conditioning to furnaces now? No, now it wants to be 91 this week. That's a good so. point. <laughs> but it is the last week of September. I'm hopeful maybe the Iowa offense, so, you know, maybe I can get that stick out and hit Brian this week and he can score more than zero points, you know. So, and, and more than 82 yards. Yeah, of offense and two first downs. <laughs> and, yeah, we we just, yeah, we don't need to live. Like, we, we're just going to move forward. We're not going to live in the past. So, <laughs> That's an uh, idea. <laughs> but, yeah, no, we are uh, – Switching to fall, but we're, you know, we're doing FPC work. We're doing some furnace work. We got some project work going on. I've been dealing with, you now we're doing a job in Hamburg, job in Omaha. Well, actually two jobs in Hamburg. Uh, stuff here in town and people want to get stuff done. So, I mean, we're busy, which is good. People think we're going to have a winter. Maybe. Maybe. Oh boy, we'll see. How often do you roam, do you get outside of Council Bluffs and you're into other areas of southwest Iowa? How, how often does that happen? Well, we do 25, 30 miles, you know, to the east, south, north. So we'll go down as far as Tabor. Tabor, we do quite a bit. Glenwood, uh, Oakland, up to Logan, Missouri Valley. So we'll hit all them towns, your Underwood, your Trainers, uh, McClellan's. We, you know, we, we traveled pretty regular and then every once in a while we'll have that one that's kind of out and the outlayer you know and then every once in a while i get talked into going up to northwest iowa you know to to do something yeah you know so depends who knows me so <laughs> depends who likes me that's probably the better question so i'm not even going to touch that yeah <laughs> uh, you brought a special guest today but not in studio we're actually going remotely today so uh, why don't you tell us about her yes uh i decided to bring in and i sprung it on her last minute because that's the kind of person i am uh Brought in Jane Morris. She is my sister-in-law, my wife's sister. Said so my wife can't work with me, but my sister-in-law can. Uh, she, Jane, has worked for me with Air Service Council Plus for basically, I think, a little over nine years. And it's between eight and nine years, 2015. So Jane's worked for me. So her primary title function well uh supposedly travis is chaos coordinator but you know nobody can really corral what i do so he just got to kind of lead me but she does all our dispatching uh most of our dispatching everybody that calls in she's generally the first person that answers the phone she does all our maintenance call outs that kind of stuff so uh she spends all day in the phone and then when i need to vent if my kid's not around or i need to vent about my kid then i call and i you know jane gets to hear a little bit from me then so so jane does that mean that you uh you just keep a a bottle of alcohol next to you throughout the day then uh, to uh, deal with travis is that how that works <laughs> It's in the kitchen. So. <laughs> yeah, I always ask if there's coffee, if there's vodka and orange juice and coffee and more because it's not that far away. So, <laughs> no, I I'm the only one. I probably get to tell Travis where to go daily. So yeah, and it does happen. Well, Hayden does it too, but yeah, Jane can. Because here's the deal: if I'm really in trouble, she'll just go tell Amy, and then I'll really be in trouble. So, so. But, uh, so no, I want to bring Jane on today. Uh, you know, a lot of people, she's been for years by voice of contact, voice of, you know, what people call in and, and scheduling. So I want to bring her in today, have a chance for people to know a little bit about her, um, and what she does for the company. And, uh, you know, first things first, you know, being the person that answers the phone when they call in is probably, it, it isn't probably, it is the most important job. So, 
having someone that can take notes, someone that can care, that someone that can look at a schedule, someone that knows how to read a map, you know, and, and coordinate guys. And, and that's, you know, a lot of what Jane does, you know, with it. And, uh, you know, so she gets to hear all the heartbreaking stories and then gets to deal with the irate customers. By the way, please don't ever tell my sister-in-law where to go. That's not a wise decision if you're a customer. We've had that twice in the last year. It hasn't ended very well for either customer, has it, Jane? No, and especially when they're claiming that I never called and I do keep track of phone calls, emails, text messages that I send to a customer and then they call Travis personally and say, I don't know why she just doesn't ever answer the phone and she never calls me and talks to me. Yeah, I got a log record and I will forward it over to Travis for him to view it. Uh, she texted you this here, 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 and here, and she called you, left the message here, 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 and here, and I said... Don't know what we're supposed to do. Oh, I, I guess you did. So, so Jane, I, so I want you to tell a little bit about what you do. I know from my perspective, but I, I don't sit in your chair every day. And for everybody that knows, uh, my shop's in Council Bluffs, and we service Council Bluffs area. But Jane actually lives up around Spencer, Iowa. She lives between Spencer and Dickens, Iowa, if anybody knows where Dickens, Iowa's at. So, uh I do. Uh, yeah, Todd knows where Dickens is at. So, uh, but she lives up in the cornfields in Tin Can Internet of Northwest Iowa. So, tell us a little bit about what you do besides corral me. So, my day consists of getting on the, getting ready, getting on the computer, looking to see what calls come in overnight, looking to see where I need to send the technicians for the day, calling the customers to let them know the technicians on the way. When a customer calls in, I want to know what's going on, what their issue is, you know, what's not working. How can we make it right and how can we make it better for them? I also want to know, do they have animals that I need to watch, the tech needs to watch for sneaking out the doors? Do they have little kids at home? Do when we schedule a duck cleaning, are we going to interfere with nap time? It's not just talking to the customer, but listening to the customer. And being that person that is on the front and really listening to what they're telling me and making things right for the customer. We don't want them to be unhappy. And anytime a customer calls in, there's usually a price associated with that and it hurts in the pocketbook. So hopefully we can make that as not hurtful as we can That's pretty when we talk to them. That would be a pretty fair assessment of... Well, you know, of, of what you do. So if you had to guess, how many phone calls do you probably take? Now, obviously, it depends on the time of year. So it makes a difference between if it's June and it's hotter and blazes or like September's a little bit slower time. How many, how many phone calls between receiving and getting do you figure you average on a given day, Jane? Not counting your sister or your mother. <laughs> um, like Tuesday this week? was probably 50 phone calls. My day was just nonstop phone calls coming in, coming in, hot water heaters leaking, ACs not working, just a whole lot of problems. An average day is probably between 30 and 50. Obviously, when it's 100 degrees out, I can have 50 phone calls in the first hour I'm in the office and trying to get phone calls out and get that scheduled and figure out where people are going. Mm-hmm. So, now, you got into this. I mean, we, you know, 
when we first talked about this, you know, Jane, Jane's background is not heating and air conditioning. So uh, she'd be the first one to tell you that. Oh. She, she, she worked as the assistant manager at Hy-Vee Wine and Spirits in Spencer, Iowa. So she knew who every, you know, alcoholic, wino, you know, people that bought beer and what beer. And she was like the, you were like the wino specialist up there. So, so what you're saying then is we have met before. <laughs> I did wine club and beer clubs and paired foods with the clubs for events and had, took care of all the restaurants as far as the getting their alcohol list to them every week and setting up displays and stuff like that. But my original background was going to school for optometric assisting to work for an eye doctor in office practices. So I did have a little bit of office background. But not a lot, is it? Like she went to some four-year university, or actually neither her or her husband went to a, a big four-year uh, university. So, uh, so your 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 background, you know, because part of the circle trades we talk about is a little bit non-traditional. You know, we talk about you know going to school versus not going to school, and and nothing wrong with going to school. I said, obviously, you've got two kids, one that graduated from Northwestern and another one that went to Gunsmith School up in Minnesota. Uh, so, by the way, he can build a pretty good AR if you need an AR. If you don't believe me, ask Hayden. No, I believe you. Do, do, you, do you want AR? I mean, it's only money. <laughs> I, I have nothing to do. I don't wouldn't know what to do with it. You go out and shoot it. Oh, you go out and shoot it. Well, oh. I, I I do enjoy target shooting. Oh, well, see, there you go. So, but uh, They are fun. So he, my son Evan only target shoots. My daughter is the hunter and she will go out and do the pheasant and deer and bow hunt and rifle hunt. So she's pheasant hunting with an AR. Well, I don't know if Kelsey's pheasant. I went by a pastor, so... So, yeah, and Kelsey, your boyfriend, thinks he's a trapper. I, I don't know. He's kind of got this long hair. He's got this shaggy look about him right now. Is there still a big of a market for trapping as there used to be i mean back when you and i were young that you we had a lot of i had a lot of friends anyway that did that oh so. yeah oh yeah i think there's still, still a market is. not as much yeah beaver so. beaver pelt is pretty still strong yeah so yeah so there's a so there's a little bit of that so yeah so you know a little bit of a little bit of redneck so you know it's all it's all good so oh back then we used to well it wasn't me but i'd be out with somebody and there would be a raccoon on the side of the road in the winter time, so it just froze right after it got hit. He'd stop and pick it up and go sell it. Yep, there you go. There you go. Welcome to Iowa. Yeah, let, let me. I bet you smelled just like flowers after picking that bad boy up. Too. I put it in the trunk. Yeah. <laughs> it was frozen though. I mean, this you know, in the middle of the winter, it would be you know usually below zero yeah. at night. So the, the, the smell won't come out till April. It's all good. Right. So, <laughs> so but uh, so. I have had a beaver pelt or two in my freezer. Just. Uh, so this one or two yeah you, you know we just the wall the wall signs down here we just go we just go hunting with vehicles you know whether it's their own vehicle or somebody else's vehicle you know especially my youngest hunter we just like go you know oh if someone hit a 12 point deer out on the road two miles south of town oh yeah hunter will be down there and he'll take it back and he'll have it dressed in an hour so <laughs> remind me to tell you the story about a buddy of mine that did that <laughs> the, uh, the, the spoiler alert after he got the deer in the van it wasn't dead. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Ooh, so, but no, go back to Jane's background is, is, you know, obviously a lot of customer service when you're dealing with, uh, 
she's dealt with the public for a long time. So, but what, you know, because she worked in restaurants for a while, and, and I'll let Jean can't tell her story, but she worked in restaurants, she worked in, she, when when she lived in Mason City back in the day, she used to work at, Yon, I believe it was Yonkers. Yeah, and then, you know, so she's had a lot of customer service background, per se. But, you know, this is different to where, number one, she wasn't working until 11 o'clock at night, number one. Number two, you know, Dealing with the public, you know, it's a big difference if someone's going to Yonkers to buy to buy clothes or someone's go buy alcohol or they're calling because something's freaking broke. So and and so it's kind of changing the dynamic. And I, I want you to talk about that dynamic, Jane, and how that how you know how some stuff parallels and how some stuff is different for you versus what you did in your previous life to work in fear versus now. Because there's some parallels, but there's some things that are totally different. So my background was working at Yonkers, so I did that, but I also worked in a restaurant because I bartended and waitressed for 25 plus years, so I had that. Um, so, you know, when you're dealing with drunks, you have some angries sometimes. I also worked in preschool for several years, 10 years of as a teacher's aide and a preschool teacher. So... You know, listening to those kids and finding ultimately why they're having the meltdown is same as listening to a customer and why are they having a meltdown? You know, what what is that thorn in their side that is causing them? And listening with them with the intent to understand, do they need it right now? Do they want it taken care of in two days? What is the problem going on? So in that aspect I think anytime you're in customer service, you're listening, you need to listen to the customer to find out what the pain is and what are they expecting that resolution to be. Don't just jump in and tell them a resolution because maybe that's not the resolution they're looking for. So you need to ask them, you know, and hear what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, but I think the biggest thing that, you know, one of the things we're trying to convey is, some of what you, with a lot of what you're doing today, a lot of it was you didn't learn in school. It was real life, working at home, working in the public experience, correct? Definitely. definitely. The majority of it came from that time. My husband is a maintenance person, does mechanical stuff, and he has a maintenance business on the side. So I got drug along as the gopher, if you want to, so, so to speak, to go pick up tools and stuff. So that helped me when Travis asked me to take this position. Um, at least I understood a little bit of that background, but it's not necessarily a thing that you would need coming in because we definitely have two people in the office that have no mechanical background at all whatsoever, but it's just having that customer service background and how to translate that over to answering the phones and listening to what the customer says and finding out what's going on and understanding the right questions to ask, listening to the technicians and asking the technicians questions. I ask them all the time. When I first started for Travis, it was Travis and Kelly, the installer, and he did some service work and one other tech. So there was just them. And I would have to call Travis and I'm like, okay, this person is telling me this. How long do I need to send them out there for? And just understanding what it's going to take and how fast each technician works through a job. And it's no different than waitressing, you know, figuring out 
the cooks that you're working with, how long does it take them to put out the food and making sure that the salad and the food all go and correlate together? I had to figure out how long the technician takes and how to coordinate that time with what they would needed. I think the thing that helped her bring in to, to that is that she's had the real life experience. You know, she talked about her husband a little bit, which, you know, besides the fact he's a Vikings fan, uh, by the way, they're and three uh, as of today. Uh, I'm sorry. I had to go there. So, um, you know, her, like I said, her husband's got a maintenance background. He went to school for electronics, but he worked in a packing house for six, well, at least five years, five to six years. Correct me if I'm wrong. But, you know, yeah. he, works, he works for a utility. He works for Spencer Municipal Utilities up there. And I don't think he actually uses electronics degree at all, but he's hydraulics, pneumatics, mechanical. I mean, he's rebuilt. The, they have jet engines that basically when Texas shut down two years ago and they had all the power stuff, well, basically to start all that stuff back in Texas, basically the two jet engines that sit in the middle of Spencer, Iowa, is a startup point for Corn Belt Power. I send powers into Nebraska and powers that whole power grid down into Texas. These are post-World War II jet engines. To give you an example, they had to be totally rebuilt. So he didn't learn that, in, but he didn't learn this in school. Obviously, he's got hands-on mechanical, electrical, everything with that. So, uh, um, you know, so but he didn't, he didn't go to school for it, but he under, understands it. Um you know, very, very well. Um, and it's kind of, it's kind of unique. Not everybody can do that. Um, but it, you know, to have that kind of, uh, knowledge, you know, has been grateful to him, but you know, with what he says, it, the degree helped him get to a point, but everything else he's had to learn, it's been learned in the field or, you know, with whatever. And if you work in a packing house, you work on everything. Am I correct? Right. Yep, he worked on everything, and he does welding. He does hydraulics, pneumatics. He works on big trucks. He does mechanical. He's worked on tractors. He's worked on. He worked in a printing company for eighteen years, so he worked on the big printing presses and that stuff. And that is all stuff that he learned outside of school. I mean, that was just and not being in the trade is just being out there and taking it upon himself and the initiative to understand the mechanical side he didn't get there through a college degree he got there through hard work and and picking that up on his own and same with me i had the office background and accounting background in school but i didn't gain it was all my other background and life experiences that helped me the most for working for travis yeah very true so and she's got to keep me in line. So, you know, when I say more than I have to have my office scheduled, she's the point of contact. You got She's the number one. Well, she's the phone gatekeeper. I have the office gatekeeper, which is Charlie. So which she's still in, in training gatekeeper. So uh, uh, we're, still, we're still working on that one. So There's something that you said, though, Jane, that uh, kind of reminded me. I, I used to have a painting company once upon a time, and I tried to have the philosophy that – uh, whether someone was working for me or it was me personally, that we remembered we are a guest in someone else's home. And you you talked about all of these different things that you wanted to make sure that you were taken care of. Is there kids in the house? And, and uh, to not interrupt that type of thing. It sounds like you kind of have that same philosophy, understanding that we're coming in and we're going out, but this is still their home and we want to respect that. 
Oh, most definitely. It's the person's home and we need to respect their, their space. And I treat it as if it's my home and I want them, the technicians and, and our technicians are a great group of guys. They're very respectful, you know, and they're going to follow what they can to make sure that everything's done right there. And, and when I first started, it was funny because Travis just in his notes, it just says, furnace broke. It, it didn't have very good notes. And when I talk to the technicians, they have a book in there and it will say, you know, hot water heater's not working, AC isn't working, and they've changed the filter and the thermostat set to this degree and blah, blah, blah. And I tell all these notes. And if I have just a short note, the guys are like, are you okay today? Because mm -hmm. I didn't write them a book on what's going on at the customer's house. It's a do as I say, not as I do, because I'll be to tell you that I'm probably the worst. My wife would tell you that my handwriting is terrible and that how I explain things is horrible. And that's why, that's why Jane can put up with me and my wife can't because my wife can't, my wife can't tolerate it, which and she's right. I want to say she's wrong, but, uh, you know, when I, when Jane first started over, my notes were terrible. Uh, you don't want me writing everything. There's a reason when I come to do a quote at your house, I have a tablet because if you had to read my handwriting, it's horrible. But, you know, she's gotten fantastic as far as notes for the customers and then, you know, following up with customers and, you know, and texting. You know, that's the reason we got three people now. So we got someone that could do our back end booking stuff jane's doing a lot of the inbound calling scheduling but then we have that person that's following up you know from what initially jane put in the tech was there i mean we got a fault if we need to go do a repair replacement so it's a process well and but if you're not following up then that's just as important and 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 we're working with this guy right now as far as training but it's a whole process as far as taking care of the customer my thing is you know my thing is this you know when people are looking for employees or they're looking for young people and want to do, you know, hey, can you can you follow directions? Can you listen? Can you can you learn on your own? And you know, none of this you have to have any sort of degree in. You know, everybody in high school learns how to use a computer in this day and age. I mean, when we went to high school, I didn't see a computer until after I got out of the Navy and with the NIAC for heating and air conditioning. It's like, oh, what's this? This is a computer. I bought my first computer in 2000 when I got the $600 tax credit from good old George W. Bush or 2001. So, so but it kind of gets you an idea for, you know, how, how that works. So, but, you know, with what Jane's story is and, you know, with what she does, I mean, because she's not an HVAC person. I mean, you know, she's, you know, kind of an arts and crafts, likes to cook, can't eat, squat, cause, because she's allergic to everything underneath the sun. But, uh, you know, but uh, so what do you do in your off time, Jane, besides me, besides let me throw you under the bus? I like to cook and bake, as he said. Every time I come down to Council Bluffs, every guy at the department, uh, at the every person, I should say, at the shop gets a dozen of their own cookies. And what, so, what about they, the uh, guy that's producing the podcast? We could probably hook you up. <laughs> I bet Travis can hook you up. So they they either get uh, oatmeal or uh, monster cookies, or they get chocolate chip cookies. Every time I come down there and anytime we have any events at Travis's house, I usually end up making the food. My background, I had four years of working in a deli. 
so I can make a salad and I cooked at a couple restaurants mm -hmm. part time. So yeah. and, and yeah, her, cooking, I like to do that. Yeah. Her and her husband are motorcycle wannabes or Alyssa, you know, they, they, they like to hop on her bike and travel around the country just to say they do it. So I call, I call her one. I actually got another name for her, but you know, I'll just call her a bicycle motorcycle wannabe. So. Based on what I'm hearing that she does for you, I would think that you would uh, want to, uh, Kiss her backside a little bit more than what hey, you're doing right now. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, she knows that I'm equal opportunity offenders. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, oh, hey, listen, if, if I'm not giving you shit, then, then you know, then you know there's a problem. You know, she knows how this works. So, I have known Travis since he was 17 years old. So, just just a few years under that. Yeah. Uh, there, if you go back oh. far enough, there's a picture of me with red and yellow fingernails because I lost a bet to her. Iowa State fan, is that it? That is it. Okay. <laughs> 2001. And, and his boys thought it was fantastic, and they were about four. Was and that so the, the Troy Davis years? Is that what happened yeah, back then? this was 9-11. They postponed the game to the end of the year. Went to the game. Me and my father-in-law, who just passed away, went to the game. Well, Iowa lost 21-17. And the, and the whole thing was, is if I if, if Iowa lost, I had to paint my fingernails red and yellow. So she painted red and yellow, and I came back to Omaha the next Monday. Everybody's like, "What the hell's going on with your fingernails?" So, uh, so. So yeah. Travis and his twins all got their fingernails painted because the boys wanted to match their dad. So that was a bonus, bonus win for me. I've got to do that. So, but yeah. So, and then we like to ride motorcycles. See, and you just and, wanted to bet dinner on that uh, Packers Falcons game. I'm thinking there could have been a whole different. Uh, scenario going on here you know it could have, yeah like i said yeah we gotta we, we, we gotta we gotta go have dinner on that sometimes yeah that's still coming yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was your idea to even bet on that well game. yeah I mean, look you want to you, you won on that whole deal so can't get and that up. was and just so you know it was his idea to bet on that iowa iowa state game and that was his choice for the his loss yeah I got to paint the fingernails. Yeah, I had to come up with the ideas. See, I, I'm the I, I I have to come up with the ideas. I just put these ideas in people's hands and say, "How do we produce it?" Do you remember the flip side that didn't happen? What would have happened if Iowa had won that game? I don't remember what would have happened. I don't. Well, I she, probably she, would have had to wear Iowa clothes. Probably. Oh, she wears her husband's clothes once in a while, so she probably has an Iowa shirt somewhere in the closet. So. I have my dad's shirt. My stepdad shirt. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, your dad, stepdad shirt is going to say, yeah, you, you, your, your real father decided one day he went to a garage sale down here and he put two Nebraska hats on my kid's shirt. I told him to get the hell out of home. <laughs> so. My dad, my dad is an Iowa State grad. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, can't, you all can't be perfect. So, but we, 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 we won't go there. So, but, but I can't uh, talk Travis into riding a motorcycle. He just doesn't want to do it. I, it's not that I hate motorcycles. It's all the other idiots out on the road. I'm sorry. You know, I, it's uh, motorcycles. I think are great, but listen, I don't want to be a statistic. So I, you know, I, I, if I'm hamburger, I'm medium rare and I'm not ready to be hamburger yet. So <laughs> that, that would be my luck. So that or maybe I'd leave my wife with, with you know, as a widow, and, but she'd probably be worth a lot more if I was dead, but well, I don't know what your insurance policy, but yeah, she'd be worth more if I was dead and alive, you know. But you know, then who then who would mow the yard? Who'd take care of the dogs? You know, 
I could talk her into a completely different podcast idea. That's- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she likes to watch A and E murder shows. Don't give her any ideas. So, so, so Jane, we don't have a lot of time left here. But if you had to tell a person that was looking at getting into the trades, and obviously your background is CSR, but you deal with techs, you deal with customers, you deal with tradespeople all the time. What would you tell people that are looking at uh, you know again what you do or what we do as an industry? What's What's your kind of your thoughts on it? I've actually talked to several young people because obviously I have a 32 year old son and a 29 year old daughter and my daughter's fiance was working at a uh, Nolan milling over in Dickens. And I suggested that he get into the trades and get into HVAC because he had an interest to learn and He's like, but I don't have any experience. And I said, it isn't necessarily the experience. You're mechanically inclined and you like to do something different every day. And in the trades, no day is the same ever. It doesn't matter if it's plumbing. It doesn't matter if it is electrical and it doesn't matter if it is HVAC. All three, every single day, I know people in all those trades and every day is a different day and there's never going to be one hour that's the same in your day, every day, doing those trades. So if you like to have a different job every day doing something different, you're always going to, and you like to problem solve, they're great problem solving jobs because you generally have a hurdle of some kind in those trades daily to come up with solutions and figure out why isn't it working? How's the best way to solve this problem? What is the best way to run this electrical? What is the best way to run that HVAC through this and make it work right? And that's the same for me. I like a challenge and I don't like every day to be the same. And so this is a great fit for me because never is my day the same. Yesterday was a really quiet, quiet day. The day before, absolutely one phone call after another, after another of problems and where do I fit it on my schedule? And the guys always tease me that I play leapfrog with their schedule. True. She does. Because I'm constantly changing the schedule because I have to juggle, you know, when you're covering up to Missouri Valley and down to Tabor, Iowa, that's a huge difference in, in, you know, an hour all the way around council bluffs. That is a big thing of trying to, I can't just have them, going up to Missouri Valley for a problem and the next call going down to Tabor because I might have to change someone's schedule and say, Oh, by the way, you're getting going to this one now instead. And that happens a lot. Very true. Yeah. Reading the map's important because when you have a large field bill, when you have large field bill, yeah. Hey, what part of zigzag, how many people do have crossing each other in a countryside? Right. So we've had lots of discussions about that. And we're doing what I do. Sometimes it's impossible to do. You have no choice, but sometimes it's like, okay, we got three calls down here and we got three people zigzagging here. Why can't we just have one person hit ding, ding, ding? And then we do this. And that's when Travis gets involved in the schedule and everybody hates it when I get involved with the schedule. I know that shocks the whole world, but uh, so. And if I can say one thing to the customers, please, but please don't just call Travis and tell him you need on the schedule. Call me at the office because. All he's going to do is forward your number over to me and say, can you call them? They're having a problem. Yeah, 
4443. Again, 712 256 4443. That is perfect. Uh, Jane, uh, thank you very much for uh, taking some time and uh, probably stepping outside your comfort zone a little bit, although you spend a lot of your day talking anyway. So, uh, my background, actually, in high school, I did uh, radio broadcast TV journalism. So. Oh, so uh, KICD up there then, right? I did some stuff on KICD, and our local TV station had TV broadcast for us in high school. My very first time ever on the radio, I was 10 years old, and our elementary school was taking a field trip to Spencer, and part of it was going to KICD, and they had me lean over and spell the name of my town. That's the first time I was ever on the radio. <laughs> wow. And you spelled it correctly? You got to be on there with probably Rhonda Whittaking. Could have been. I have no idea. I just remembered that he said, lean over, talk really close to the microphone. And I about put the thing in my mouth and uh, <laughs> spelled the name of my hometown. So, yeah, that uh, that I, I credit Spencer, Iowa for lighting the fuse that has led to this now. So There you go. Uh, so, well, Jane, hey, thanks for coming in i i was you know, like i said we could do zoom i said hey we could get this to happen so i think so so technology is a wonderful thing yep it and is also it would create the technology so i worked from home before covid so when covid struck there was a lot of people that were asking me how can we make this work mm-hmm. and we've been doing and- it for nine years so Well, we also thank you for listening to this episode of Circle of Trades. New episodes are released each week. Until next time, take care.